0: Comes not, except to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuqua is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment. That will enable you to live a life of all round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen.
1: Okay, so we've been looking at discovering your identity in Christ. Somebody say, My identity in Christ. Say it, My identity in Christ. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. All things have become new. I see you living your real identity. In John chapter 1, verse 19 to 22, that's where we'll be reading. Now, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Turn to your neighbor and say, who are you? Okay. So he said, and did not deny, but confess, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said, no. And then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? Turn to your neighbor and say, what do you say about yourself? This is one of the most important questions you need to answer for yourself. And you need to answer it scripturally and biblically. You don't have to answer it based on your family background, based on your professional competences, based on your academic background. All of those are transient backgrounds that can fade with time. But there is one background which is from everlasting to everlasting the same. The Bible said, Although all things will pass away, the word of the Lord shall never pass away. So what God says of you is very, very important. And you need to know it. You need to meditate upon it until it becomes a natural part of you. Until you see yourself the way God sees you. Just like the way you see your face in a mirror. When you see your face in the mirror, nobody can deceive you how you are looking. True of us, The moment you check your face out in the mirror... Whatever you see of yourself, you accept it as a real you. In the same way, the Bible says, whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. Somebody say perfect law of liberty. Say perfect law of liberty. He said, whosoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. We need to constantly be looking into the law of God to see how we ought to look like or who he says we are. And we said that last week in answering the question, who are we? Which is a question that answers to the very core of our identity. Somebody say my identity. The question of who you are has to do with your identity. And we establish that there are three important things that shapes everyone's identity. Your identity will be shaped either by your view of yourself. Somebody say my view of myself. View of myself. Say my view of myself. view of myself. So you can look at yourself. And mark yourself down and say, I don't think I'm a handsome man, I don't think I'm a beautiful lady, I don't think that I'm intelligent enough, I don't think that I can amount to much in life. You can look at yourself, and sometimes you have all the natural stance, all the natural measuring sticks to let you be convinced that this is where you belong. But I want you to know that is a lie of a devil. Say, it's a lie of a devil. Whatever you think of yourself, as long as it's inconsistent with God's view of you, it's wrong. Some people define themselves by the car they drive, where they live, and the neighborhood they live, the friends they have, and the places they live. All of those are wrong views of us. It's important to live at a good place. It's important to drive the best of cars. But none of those things can best define you. Then number two, others view of you. What do people think of you? What do your friends say of you? What did your teachers say of you when you were in school? What do your friends still of date say of you, Jesus? They ask him, what do men say that I am? There are many things people can say of us. But no matter what people say of us, if it's inconsistent with what God says of us, that also cannot be admitted or accepted as our view of ourselves. And then, number three, which is the most important, most critical, and the most powerful view, that is God's view of yourself. Somebody say God's view of myself. Somebody say God's view of me. Now, you must understand that God does not view you in any other way except in Christ. The only place God looks at you is in Christ. None of us has a locus before God outside Christ. That's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. If any man be in Christ, somebody say, any man be in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. God does not see you outside Christ. And that's why it's important that you learn to see yourself in Christ. Most of us, though, we are born again. We have been made in the image of God. We've been born again. And we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We still, unfortunately, look at ourselves in the mirror of the way we used to be. We have not learned to look at ourselves in Christ. When you look at yourself in Christ, everything changes about you. In Christ, everything changes. I was speaking to a gentleman some time back who had fallen into some kind of temptation and he was really battling, forgiving himself and moving on with God. I said, listen, all this while you have been living by yourself, all this while, what you think you have been doing, holiness, 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 it's been all self-righteousness. Praise God. Yeah, because it's self-righteousness that brings you to a place where when you falter, you find it very difficult to forgive yourself. If you meet anybody who struggles to forgive himself for whatever crime they have committed, it's because they are self-righteous. Praise God. They think that they are standing before God is by reason of their merit, because of what they did. No, no. The Bible says your righteousness is like a fetal rock before him. None of us can qualify to stand before God. He qualified us in Christ. The only place by which you and I can stand, qualify, and challenge, and troubled, and disturb before God is in Christ. Can somebody say an amen? amen? That's why you must be conscious of your position in Christ. Is it bad to do good works? Good works are good, but good works don't define who we are. Praise God. Who you are is not defined by what you do. Who you are is defined by your placement with God, where you stand with Christ. That's what is important. And tonight we are looking at eight reasons why you must know who you are. You must know who you are, eight reasons. Number one is that knowing who you are affects your relationship with God. Knowing who you are affects your relationship with God. Your perception of God is a function of who you are. Your perception of God. If you see yourself as a child of God, your reaction and your attitude and your response to God is different. If you see God as your father, the way you relate to him is different. The prodigal son, when he left home and messed up, he had forgotten who he was. Eventually, he was defining himself by his standing. So he said, I will go back and I will say, make me one of your servants. This gentleman had forgotten that he was a son and as a son, he remained a son regardless of whatever he had done. Bible says, whosoever cometh unto me, I shall in no wise cast out. John 1, 12. He said, but as many as receive him to them, he gave power to be called the children of God. Praise God. As a child of God, you must understand that you remain a child forever. Whatever happens to you, God is not against you. Somebody say God is not against you. Yeah, because when you see yourself as a child of God, you know that your father is for you no matter what. When you understand that God is not against you, no matter what happened, you always run to God. A lot of people run away from God when they fall into a challenge or they fall into particular sin because they feel that God is against them. Your father is not against you. Somebody didn't hear that. I said God is not against you. He is not against you. He can never be against you. I like the songwriter who wrote the song and said, God is for me, nothing can be against me. You need to remind yourself constantly that God is for me. Praise God. It's always critical. Your identity solidifies your relationship with God and makes you confident before God. You come boldly before your father. Why? Because you know he's not against you. Sin or no sin, you come boldly to the throne of grace because you know the one sitting on the throne is your father. I'm not communicating here. When you are going to face an examination and you know the one who is going to mark the exam is your father, I don't think you worry about the state of your preparation. Why? Because you know it's already declared in your favor. Now, that is how you must always see your relationship with God. No matter what happens, the price for whatever sin you have committed has already been paid for. And that is why you can always come to God regardless. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 to 6. And this is the area we will be delving into from next week. According as he are chosen us in him before the foundations of our world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, by himself, according to the good pleasure of his own will. Verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace. Wherein he had made us accepted. Somebody say accepted. accepted. Say accepted. accepted. Say I am accepted. accepted. In the beloved. Yeah, In Christ, you are accepted. We'll be picking them one after the other next week so that you will get to appreciate where you stand in Christ. What is available for you in Christ. Because that's the only way you are going to live a meaningful life, impactful life, a victorious life. Most of us, Satan takes advantage of us almost every day. He knows guilt on your mind and you on your knees. The little challenge, Satan beat you so hard and you can't simply stand and walk in the liberty and the righteousness of God simply because you are too conscious of what you do instead of what he has done. Praise God. When we talk about who we are in Christ, we are talking about defining ourselves by the finished work of Christ on the cross. That's what our identity, defining ourselves... Taking confidence in the fact that Christ has finished the work on our behalf. Nothing releases you to serve God in freedom and liberty than knowing that you are not performing to be accepted. Praise God. When we do right, we are doing right in gratitude to God for what he has done. But we are not doing right so God accepts us. Because our right things never qualify for his acceptance. Number two, affect your relationship with yourself. That's the second thing. Affect your relationship with yourself. Meet somebody who has a low self-esteem. People who don't regard themselves, who think they can't measure up. There are people who constantly think that they are not pleasing to God. And sometimes we even actually pray prayers, Lord, make me pleasing in your sight. Listen, you please God in Christ. Somebody say, I please God in Christ. Yeah, you have to understand that. You please God in Christ. In Christ, God is pleased with you. Jesus never did anything. The father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. At that time, he had done nothing. And for you and I also, once we accept Christ and we put our faith in God, we don't need to accept anything for him to be pleased with us. In Christ, because he's pleased with Christ, the sacrifice that was offered on the cross, God is pleased with you. Somebody say, God is pleased with me. Now listen, imagine that you are coming into prayer and you are already coming on the basis that God is pleased with you. Your confidence in prayer will be different. Your confidence in prayer will be different. But when you are always coming and you are overwhelmed with your own weaknesses and limitations and Satan is helping you to appreciate all of the things, including the person you insulted last before you open your mouth to pray. A lot of believers lack confidence. And the reason why we lack confidence is because we take our confidence in our own righteousness instead of the righteousness of God. The Bible says, I have no confidence in the flesh am crucified with christ the life that i live i live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me for his god so it affects your relationship with yourself if you feel god does not love you you won't love yourself and if you feel that god does not accept you you'll find it very difficult to accept yourself people who feel bad about themselves is simply because they feel god hates them god doesn't like them And it affects them when you begin to walk in the consciousness that one you are loved, you are justified, you are forgiven. It liberates you to serve God in joy and in gratitude. Am I complicating somebody? Because that's who you are. You have been forgiven in Christ. We will come back to it. You've been forgiven. The Bible says in the book of Romans 5 8, but God commended his love. Somebody say, He commended commended his love. When did He commend the love? When you finish sinning? When you stop sinning? when you became born again, when did he commend his love? While you were yet, while you were yet, are you a sinner now? Are you a sinner now? In Christ, you are no longer a sinner. Now, if he commended his love toward you, while you were yet a sinner, now that you are born again, is it now that he's going to love you less? So, why are you measuring God's love for you based on what you do and what you don't do? Why? Why is it that the man loved you when you were a sinner? You have no no intention of giving your life to Christ. You were were just walking your own way, doing your own thing. And he loved you like that. Now, you have responded to his love by giving your life to him. You are born again. You have been made the righteousness of God. You have been accepted in Christ. And you think he's going to love you less. It is even now that he loves you more. Praise God. Now, you've been justified by faith. you need to walk in the consciousness of the same. I like the song that she sang. Because you see, these are not things that you just know. These are things that you must strongly believe. Praise God. Sometimes you don't feel loved. Because in the natural you have done some things and it makes you feel like you are not loved. But it doesn't change the fact that God loves you. It doesn't change the fact that you are accepted by God. It doesn't change the fact that you are his beloved child. Am I communicating here? You must always be conscious of the fact that none of the things in the natural, not your feelings, not what people say, not what you do, ever can dictate or affect God's love and God's commitment to you. Can somebody say an amen? amen. The knowledge that you've been bought with a price equally affects your self-esteem. Praise God. Nobody goes to town to buy something valueless with great price. When you understand that I've been bought with a price, you will never underestimate yourself. No matter how many people look down upon you, you always look up on yourself. You always look up on yourself. I have never felt that I don't measure up by anybody's standard. Yeah, Because my confidence is the fact that a very dear price was paid for me. And that price shows my value. My value is not in the school I attended, not the car I drive, but the price that was paid for my redemption. The Bible said, neither by the blood of gold or silver, but by his own blood. He said, we have not been redeemed with corruptible things such as silver or gold, but by his precious blood. That was the blood that was shed for you and I. That is how valuable or dear you are to God. You must understand that you are of great value to God. Somebody say, I'm of great value to God. Never tell yourself, oh, I don't measure up, I don't send fata. All of those languages you leave your lips. Yeah, because nobody pays a dear price for something that is valueless. Nobody. Nobody goes to the market and buys something fish that is going bad. You pay so much for it. No. Something has to be wrong with your head. We have to check you up there. Praise God. So you have to understand that you've been chosen, you are loved. Number three. It affects your relationship with others. It affects your relationship with others. The knowledge of who you are affects your relationship with others. If you are going to relate with others well, you must first of all know who you are. Praise God. When you know you are loved, it's easier to love others. When you know that you are accepted, it's easier to accept others. And particularly when you know that you yourself are not perfect. But in spite of all your perfections you have been accepted, it makes it easier for you to accept others. I'm not communicating. There are some of us, we are always measuring people. Sometimes people give themselves standards they cannot meet. Standards they cannot meet and they end up depressed. And these are not standards God has set for you. These are standards you have set for yourself. And because you set up high standards for yourself, when you are dealing with others, you equally set high standards for them. And so nobody is able to please you. You are always not satisfied. You always have problems with people. It's simply because you have not learned to accept yourself. Well, that's why in the book of Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31, we can read a new living translation. He said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody say, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. Say, love your neighbor as yourself. It means regard others the way you regard yourself. Respect others. Treat others. Open up to others. Be considerate of others the same way you are with yourself. And there is no way you can do that except, first of all, you relate with yourself where you know who you are. People who enter into relationships with high expectations from their other partner usually don't know who they are. They expect a lot from their partner because they are bringing nothing into the union. But when you come in feeling loved, you offer love. I'm not communicating. But if you see people who are in high demand of love and they can do just anything. Once anybody shows any little amount of love, they are off. No. You have to learn to love yourself. Somebody say love yourself. And love yourself just as Christ has loved you. And then it can affect your relationship with others. Number four is that your sense of your identity affects your behavior. Your attitude and response affect your behavior and your choices. When we understand who we are, we are motivated to live the reality of who we are. Until you know who you are, you cannot live out your true identity. To live your true identity, you first of all must know who you are. When you know who you are, you are naturally motivated to live the way you are. I'm not sure that the Queen of England will eat in public. Just an open space, she sits in the car and she's eating anywhere. No matter how hungry she is. i Am not communicating here? Yeah, because no, she belongs to royalty. She knows that she is not a nobody in society. She is a person of high standing. Now, if you also view yourself the same way, it will influence what you do. What we do is always a function of who we are. Who we are influences what we do. We are not defined by what we do, but we are defined by who we are. A wise man said, we cannot consistently behave in ways that are different from what we believe about ourselves. You cannot. Somebody say you cannot. You cannot you cannot consistently behave in a way that is inconsistent with what you believe about yourself. If you believe that you are righteous you are empowered to live a righteous life. If you believe that you have been made holy, it's easier to live a holy life. If you believe that you have been forgiven, it's easier to walk in forgiveness. If you believe you are loved, it's easier to walk in the consciousness that you are loved. You cannot behave consistently in a way different from what you believe about yourself. So, what you believe about yourself is very, very critical. Very, very critical. And that's why Satan is constantly after our identity. Satan could not lead Jesus into sin until he confronted the question of his identity. How did he lead Adam and Eve into the wrong thing? By attacking their identity. He said, you will be like God. They were already like God. If you are the son of man, turn this stone into bread. He said, I don't need to do all of that. I know who I am. I've already been told I'm the beloved son of God. You are claiming if I'm the son of God, I already know that I'm the beloved son of God. I don't need to do anything to prove any point. I'm not complicating here. And you must know the same thing about yourself and this is what God says of you. Number five, knowing who you are affects your relationship with the devil. Knowing who you are affects your relationship with the devil. Knowing who you are affects your relationship with the devil. What's your view of a devil? How do you rate the devil? The Bible said let Satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices. Satan is a master tactician. Satan is a master trickster. Satan has all kinds of things to use to play on your mind. You must understand that victory over Satan will be impossible without an excellent knowledge of who you are. Let me show you a scripture. Acts chapter 19 verse 13 to 16. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of our Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. we associate you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so and the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Did you see the question? Who are you? Who are you? They were defeated on the basis of their identity. They didn't know who they were. And if you don't know who you are, Satan will take advantage of you. He will keep you in bondage. I tell you there are some believers who can confess one sin for 15 years. Anytime they go into a service and a message is preached and Satan brings an awareness of their sin on them, they immediately go on their knees and they are confessing. And this is something they did five years ago, ten years ago. is because they don't know who they are. Yeah. When you know who you are, you know that you have been forgiven. You have forgiveness with Christ. It's not that it's something that is going to be done, it is already made available for you in God. It's one of the things you can easily reach out. It's like having a kitchen shelf with all kinds of things there. On your kitchen shelf, there is love. On your kitchen shelf, there is acceptance. On your kitchen shelf, there is forgiveness. So, at any point in time in your relationship with God, where you need it, you just reach out and pick it. Am I communicating? That's how it is. That is how your life in Christ is. That's what the Bible says. All things that pertain to life and godliness has been made available unto us. Everything you need in order to live a life where your mind is at peace, your soul is at rest, and your faith is on point. Everything you need is made available. And the only place to assess it is when you turn into the scriptures. He said, who are you? Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Satan cannot keep you in bondage if you truly know who you are. You can't. The Bible said there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are aware." In Christ Jesus. You are in Christ. God does not condemn you. So whatever is condemning you cannot be coming from the God. Praise God. There is now, therefore, no condemnation whatsoever. For those who are in Christ Jesus. For those who are in Christ Jesus. Next week we will be exploring them one after the other. What is available for you in Christ. And we will be looking at you are who God says you are. Somebody say I'm who God says I, am. I am who God says I am. Yeah. You are who God says you are. And whatever God says you are, that's what you have to meditate upon until it becomes an integral part of your nature. Number six, it affects your potential and possibilities. Somebody say my potential and possibilities. Say it, my potential and possibilities. Your potentials and possibilities will always be influenced by your identity in Christ. What you can do, what you cannot do will always be influenced By your identity in Christ. Knowing who you are will help you know what you have. And when you know what you have, it goes to influence what you can do. Your potential and your possibilities will always be influenced by your identity in Christ. Paul said, I can do all things through my father, through my mother, through my family background, through my academic exploits. I can do all things through her. Through Christ, who strengthens me. In Christ, you have unlimited strength. Praise God. In Christ, you have unlimited power. In Christ, you have unlimited potential. He said, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. God met the man Gideon and told him, go and deliver the people. He said, ah, you don't know where I'm coming from. My family is the least. Look at that What he said. Judges 6, 15. Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I'm the least in my entire family. Now come to chapter 6 verse 11 and 12. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tree which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Duash, the Abiazarat. While his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Look at this. This was a man. He was in a hideout. Verse 12, please. And the angel appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with you, thou mighty man of. Thou mighty man of. How did God see Gideon? How did Gideon see himself? Weak, frail. And you see, that was what he was experiencing. Until we learn to see ourselves the way God sees us. We can never rise to live the life God expects us to live. Praise God. Hallelujah. God saw him as a mighty man. He saw himself as a reclaimer. He said, my family is a list, and nobody has been able to achieve anything meaningful in my family. I don't think it's going to start with me. Let's talk about this matter another day. God says, you are my man. Go in this your might and I will deliver you. For Gideon to be convinced that God was able to do mighty things with him, he chose to use a few people with him. And with a few people, victory became Gideon's. I don't know what you have and where you are in life, but I want you to know that with God in your life, you are more than a conqueror. The children of Israel limited their possibilities because they were seeing themselves outside God. I like what uh, Joshua and Caleb said. He said, if God delight in us. Somebody say, if God delight in us. You see, there is a part of the equation that changes everything. Once that part of the equation comes in, everything changes. In your natural family, you may not qualify, but in your spiritual family, you more than qualify. In your natural family, you may not have the connections, but in your spiritual family, all the connections are available. In your natural family, you may not attain much, but in your spiritual family, God has given all things that pertain to life and godliness to you. Once this becomes your philosophy, your way of life, you begin to live a life more than a conqueror. You cannot live a victorious life thinking like a victim. You cannot live the conqueror's life thinking like a defeated soul but when you begin to see yourself think of yourself, the way God thinks of you and the way God sees you, everything begins to fall in place, I see you rise up to live the life God has ordained you to live, you will not be defeated again, you will not be kept low again in the mighty name of Jesus you will rise up to fulfill your destiny you will walk to fulfill your destiny, in the mighty name of Jesus you walk in the righteousness of God. You will be conscious of your identity in Christ in the name of Jesus. So it shall be in your life.
0: Pastor Afuaqua has just placed in your hands the key for all round victory, success and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 540 122 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afwaka on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebrating services. Our first service 6.45am to 8am. Second service 8.15am to 9.45am. Third service 10am to 11 30 a.m. and on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service 5 45 p.m. to 7 p.m. second service 7 15 p.m. to 8 15 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the unity oil station Santasaran about Kumasi. God richly bless you. <laughs>